listening to the sermons of the late Pastor Frank Hampton Jr., who pastored the Church of God in Jackson, Michigan from 1963 to 2018. If you would like to learn more about Pastor Hampton or the Church of God, please visit our website at www.churchofgodjackson.com. Again, that's www.churchofgodjackson.com. We hope you enjoy the message. God bless. Our Father, we are truly thankful for your kindness, your mercies, your love. This glorious opportunity that we have to come together again in your name. We thank you, Lord, for the testimonies of victory, how thou hast so graciously wrought in the life of your people. We need you again tonight, Lord. We are conscious of that need. So we pray you stretch forth your hand in the name of Christ. And Lord God, give us that unction, that perception. My God, that acceptance of the Word of God. It might have, in every detail, free course in our lives. Get glory to yourself, Father. We won't fail to praise you because... We ask it in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. The book of 2 Corinthians, chapter number 11. Would to God ye could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you received another spirit, which you have not received, or another gospel, which you have not accepted, you might well bear with him. Verse number three, the latter portion. So your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. That's what we want to talk to you about tonight, simplicity. Needless to say or emphasize, I think that from a casual observation, we all recognize that we're living in a complex society. There's almost nothing simple anymore. Nothing about this age and its demands. But Christ not only uh, suggested, but he, he demanded simplicity. In fact, he said that there is no other means to live a successful Christian life. What adds seriousness to that is that practically everybody you know are involved in very complex situations. And you pray tonight. Jesus chatted or slightly rebuked Martha for making a matter which should have been routine 
complicated. How would you get the lesson tonight? Turn to the latter portion of Luke 10. And about verse 41 we want. What chapter? Luke 10, 41. Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. My God, does not this fit the description of practically everyone you know today? But one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Jesus sensed this human trend and Martha was accentuating the negative. The thing that she should have been zeroing in on became secondary. Dear one, isn't that the case today? People are placing their primary concern, interest, and efforts in things that are totally unnecessary. You might could use it. It might be of some superficial benefit, but not necessary. And the things that are really necessary, they are relegating it to the background. You know, you would expect one to be complimented, inviting Jesus and fixing him an elaborate four or five course meal, but at the expense of her spirituality. So he said, wait just a moment, Chief, and listen. See, there's a spirit that goes along with involvement. You follow me closely. She was so intently involved in what she was doing and so strung out on something that was secondary that she forgot uh, to keep her spirit. Well, I'm doing all the work and... and, and why isn't she helping me? He said, Martha, Martha, Martha. All this stuff not necessary. Let me, let me tell you something tonight, you want. Many of you will be lost eternity because you refuse to submit to a life of simplicity. Now, that's a, that's a pretty profound statement, but that's, that's, a, that's a fact. And we, we're going to try to explain to you why. And I trust you give us your undivided attention. Dear one, let me tell you something. Uh, I am a close observer. I can spend a little time around you can tell you a whole lot about your character and can make a pretty clear prognosis just about what will become of you. Why? Because I know there's a certain lifestyle if you're going to succeed, and that is, without exception. Don't you know there is no way for you to cope with the satanic wiles that we are facing today with a complex life. Then let me show you why. Satan had but one intent. And he's a very wild and capable foe. And he is contributing all of his energy and efforts in accomplishing just that one thing. Well, you're not equal in the first place of Satan. How in the world are you going to divide yourself and deal with it? You can't. He zero in on one thing. That's all. Day in, day out, day, night. One purpose. That's why he's so successful. I didn't intend to put up my chart, but I don't think it's necessary. Why do you... Uh, uh, Dibbling here and there. Involving yourself in this project and that project and this concern and that concern. He's got his aim just waiting for you 
to get your mind shifted for a moment so he can cast a dot right in that spot. I'm telling you tonight. You notice the lifestyle of Jesus. I want you to consider it tonight. You want to let me tell you something. Some people make a chore out of everything. You listen to me tonight. That's why many people can't come to church on time. You make a chore out of everything. And I know it's not that complex. You can't fix a meal. That's why some people don't want to cook. But it, you, you, it, you make a chore out of it. See, dear one, don't you know uh, in, in a half an hour's time, you should be able to cook any kind of meal. You know, you just, just uh, throw some meat in the pot and put a little salt seed and put it in the oven and go about your business and, and take some bread and after when it's almost done, get some vegetables out of a can, you're not going to cook it from scratch. And that's about the extent of it. And serve it. Well, I'm telling you, children, listen, you're paying a great price because of, uh, of being, even when you invite somebody, see, you've taught people to expect a lot. And now you've got to live up to their expectations. I'm going to the house because she's going to have a 13 little salad on the academy. She was going to sell it with 13 things in it. And a beautiful colored cake and all that kind of thing. <laughs> this is bad. It's serious. It is really serious. See, uh, even in my time, you know what the things would do? You go visit. I'd go to places and they would serve you a little something. Let's get in the word. They'll serve you a little something and a little something to drink. And let's get in the word. See, would you spend part of Saturday night when you ought to be preparing for the service on Sunday spiritually? And you get up Sunday morning uh, before you have your devotion to set the rest of it in order. And you rush home from church and get right back into it again. You see what I mean? That's, it. That's too much involvement, thanks to God. And you know what it has done? It has drifted over into our, our camp meetings and, and everything else. Some people, you never see them in the service. What? Because they got to have four or five different courses and all this kind of thing when it's totally unnecessary. And you can't get away from it. That's too bad. You cannot pull them away from it. They're, I don't know whether they're competing with other people or what they're doing. And as a result, you're going to run, in, run into other services You're going to have a lot of stuff left over because you've got too many courses. And the involvement is just going to, going to take your mind and going to, going to have you tense and on edge and, and all this kind of thing. You're going to be planning uh, menus and trying to have something different every day and, and something to go with this and all this kind of thing. That's what Martha did. And Jesus didn't approve it. And I, I'm sorry. I do not believe that he approved it today. You know why? Because your complex involvement, you, you are in it more zealously than you are the Word. You're spending more time preparing dinner than you are in, the, in your devotion in the morning, Sunday morning. And even your dress. See, they want, you can do all of this out, plan something simple, and, uh, and do it in a minimum time, and have that time to concentrate and prepare for this, to be spiritually situated when you come to church. And I know this. I've done it. See, I, I, I experiment. I go through this so that I can know. See, uh, uh, if you know, you, all of you got to have another, a pre-preparation. Uh, you got to prepare maybe half an hour before you get started on something. You know, I mean, uh, now, Jesus didn't advocate that, and he didn't do that. Turn to Luke 6, 1. Luke 6, 1. And it came to pass on the second Sabbath. Well, now, this is a situation. Now, you might be caught up in this thing, but, it, but it's doing detriment to you. It's, it's harming you. What happened? And it came to pass. On it the, came to pass. On the second Sabbath. On the second Sabbath after the after first. the first that he went through the He went through the cornfield. And his disciples and his plucked, disciple the, ear plucked the, the corn. And did, eat, and did eat. Rubbing them in their hands. 
It was quite different at Martha's house. He was on his mission. He got hungry, and he ate what was available. Sometimes you might be on a trip and going to the meeting and, and spend a half an hour wandering around trying to find a certain restaurant. They go to Red Lobster. No, I want to go to Finley's. I want to go to... They got some good shrimp, you know, yeah. And, and, and have absolutely nothing of a spiritual nature to contribute when you get there but noise. This is the situation. You're alive. And that's why, that's why your families... That's why many times people have to get out and work two or three jobs and women working or what? Because you insist to live complex lives. You're not willing to live a, simp a simple life. And as a result, you're paying for it. You're going to pay for it just so if you're not careful. I'll guarantee you, if many people simplify their lives, these women wouldn't have to get out there because you can live off a little. And I know you can. And, and regardless of the family size, if you're willing to simplify it, and not be pulled into this vacuum. That's going to characterize your whole life. See, if you have that kind of spirit, it's going to affect every phase of your life. And it's going to keep you all the time. And many people are already complex situations, and they are constantly involving themselves more. You don't get more complex trying to get out of something. I'm trying to get out of debt and just keep on adding debt and keep on doing this and adding situations. They want, let me tell you something. Many people have gotten themselves into a maze. And you're going to die of despair if you're uncareful. Once they put a mouse in a jar, they were taking, doing an experiment, put a mouse in a jar, and had about 10 mirrors that seemed to be openings or exits. And he would just, every time he looked at one, he thought that was the real opening. And he just kept running into those mirrors. And that's why he just gave up in the spray and just fell out. In life, many of us have gotten ourselves in such messes, such debt, such complicated situations by wrong judgment, wrong choices, trying to get over the world. And you have tried desperately to free yourself you tried to get another loan, you tried to get a different, and you tried to sell this, and you tried to do that, and, and, and everything that seemed to be an exit, you're running into the wall, and that's why you will give up. I've seen people do it, just walk out of it. Go bankrupt, just do anything, I don't care, just go bankrupt. Why? Because of your, your, your complicated, your complex mannerisms. And now you've got to try to figure a way out of it, but there, now there are, too many, there, there are too many false openings. And every time you run into something, it's not an opening. It's going to get you further into it. And after you keep on trying for years and years and years, you'll go to despair. You'll give up in your mind. You'll faint. Let me tell you something, dear one. And you know what you're doing? You are transferring this spirit of complexity to your children. And now they're not willing to be simple. And that's going to further your complexity. See, they don't want nothing simple anymore. They don't want no, they don't want no, no regular gym shoes. They got to have some lights in them. And, and when you walk in, the light going off. That's right. But you tell them that because your, your life has not been, been simple. And now, now, uh, you've got to try to keep up with that, a complex lifestyle. You know the people, I mean, uh, if they eat bread or biscuit, they got to have jelly, they got to have honey, they, they just not going to eat it with a little butter, they got to have honey. That's why they won't eat it, they just go on and mope around the table and, and mess up with the food. See, what, you've taught them to be exotic, in their appetite, you get to put all this kind of seed, all this sweet, you have to have something to eat. And now they will not eat just a simple meal. You taught them that. Why? Because you did it yourself. And you train them now when you are out of that and can't afford that, then they'll sit around like they're sick. 
They just leave the food on the table and stir it up and cry and all this kind of thing. Pout. Well, I tell you what, children, it might seem amusing, but, but it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you dearly. You're not going to be able to keep up with it. And that's going to do something to your mind. You'll give up after a while. And you just, then after a while, you're just going to dive in desperation trying to get out of it, and you're going to get deeper into it. And after you try so many years and don't find the opening, then you'll just give up. And I'm telling you that. And you're going to do some things that are going to bring you under condemnation. Trying to get out of, of a complex situation that you've gotten yourself into. See, you don't just do this and ignore this and go out and get all these complex situations and go into my and pay a lawyer $500 to file bankruptcy and don't pay the people. You get yourself in more trouble. And that many times that could have been avoided if you're willing to live a simple life. Well, brother, my, my wife. Well, that's why you better get a, a wife of, who's given to simplicity. You go, you give one of these exotic women, all this kind of stuff, and been spoiled by her parents, and you try to and try to maintain that kind of that kind of image. You're gonna have something on your hand, and you're not likely to change her. You're not gonna, well, honey. Let's scale down. You know, I told you the other day, one of my friends downtown, the big man and Makes a great big salary, and now he just had maybe a second, third child, and his wife said, "I think I want to stay home and be a housewife." Well, he has gotten himself so in debt, exotic this and exotic that, and a great big house. So he said, "I think I'm going to have to sell my house and live a simpler life." Well, should have never been there in the first place. He should not. He should never have based. His, uh, his, his economy on two salaries in the first place. That's wrong. Because the wife has no responsibility in the provisions. That's entirely the husband. But I know this society is of such, and it's so complex, and you've got to try to keep up with it. And you, uh, you adjust yourself to a complex situation, and there you are. It'll kill you. It will rob you of every ounce of spirituality in your soul. And I'm telling you that. How do you know? Because I know how I have to gear in and, and, and keep clear in, in my own soul. I know. And, you can, and you're not going to do any better. See? But now here's the situation. The enemy got you so far into it. Now, uh, to get out of it is more of a chore. You want, I'm going to tell you something. It is, the, the enemy has used this to destroy this age. And we sing a song sometimes, it takes time to be holy. Well, when you're so living such a complex life and so many things, you are, there will be always something to demand your attention, to demand your time and your affection. You just can't do it. We say things, we can't serve God on the run, but we do it and, we, and then we try to do it. All right, let's get another phase of it. Matthew chapter 3. Listen, listen. This complexity has spilled over into the religious world. Let me tell you something tonight, children. Even among us, being saved and sanctified is not that difficult. Don't you know something that is necessary to your spiritual well-being, God not going to make no puzzle out of it? No, but you complicate it. How? False religions complicated by trying to get, uh, trying to get up another way. Trying to find a way to do it other than the way God said it and makes it complicated. Not that God made it complicated. In our text, it told him, Beware lest Satan beguile your minds and corrupt your mind from the simplicity that is in Christ. 
And people will be bringing another gospel and say, you got to do this to be saved. you got to do that to be saved. And you got to do this to get the Holy Ghost and all this kind of thing. And that's why you'll be just as confused. You'll go through all of these contortions and all these suggestions and submit to all these ideas and end up more confused than ever. What brings the confusion? Because you're trying to find an easy way. You're trying to find another way. They, you love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Love not the world. That's not difficult. But you're trying to find, they have the best of both worlds. You're trying to find a way to be world and God at the same time. That makes it complex. Give up the world. Go about your bit like, like Christ said. And live simple lives. And get out of this competitive stuff, trying to compete with the world and, 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 uh, and, and people next door and, and, and uh, elevate yourself to a, a, a standard which uh, is not convenient. Well, I tell you what, children. Uh, despite what we say, many of you are going to insist to try to make it work, but it's not going to work. I'm telling you, I'm telling you tonight. I'm going to tell you something. You know what? Many of you would be better off just to sell off and start from scratch. Everything. And, and go on and, and adjust yourself on something that you can do and keep your mind on Christ exclusively. Keep body and soul together and go about your business. I'm telling you that. You'll know, you'll know it in the end. See, see, the enemy excites you and excites other people and they'll put pressure on you. And you'll find yourself, to relieve yourself of the pressure, you'll do what the society have us in a vice. They're pressing us to conform to their mannerisms. And if you don't do it, uh, you stand out like a sore thumb. Uh, you, 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 you have, you've been constantly nagged at because you feel, refuse to do it. And many times you feel bad and out of place if you don't do it. Many times you're embarrassed if you don't do it. I'm going to tell you something, children. There's come a time you're going to live a simple life, whether you choose to or not. You know, I sometimes look at my mother. She's been always, she loves to dress and eat exotic stuff, you know. But now, just a few gowns, all she needs. All her clothes are hanging in the closet. She loves not nice, but her domain now is one little room. One of these days, this exotic appetite you got, this wild flamboyant mind, you're going to be confined in all of these, and you're going to live a real simple life. You can eat a little mashed up food, and you probably won't be able to eat in the streets at all because you're going to ruin your, your you're going to, you're going to ruin your body, and, 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 and it's going to run your, your sugar up, and, and uh, you can mess up your kidneys, so you're going to probably not be able to do that. You're going to be real, then you're going to get real simple. Just bring you a little bland food. And just something that will keep you warm so you can sit in your chair by the heat register. <laughs> and that will be the extent of you. Now, but right now, no, I can't make you see that. You know, I'm just thinking, I remember when my mother was BB's age. And I remember life, you know. But now I've seen it go all the way through, and I, I learned a lot of lessons. I learned a lot of lessons. Now she's living, living a real, real, real simple life. And so will you, whether you think so or not. And it doesn't have to be a long time. You won't need no changeable suits of apparel. You won't need a deep freeze with a lot of exotic stuff. Your life's going to be real, real simple. But now it's going to be real hard on you if you have gotten in a, a, a vein of complexity and, and all this kind of stuff to have to, to, have to uh, scale down. It's going to be real hard on you. It's going to be real hard on you. When you've uh, lived such uh, a highfalutin life and now your status has changed, and your status can change. I don't care how prepared you are. I told you about this young man in California some years ago, had scuffled and striven and got a, an engineering degree, 
which is very difficult. And he thought he would be in great demand. And he went up and down the coast putting in one application after another and couldn't get a job. Ended up committing suicide. So don't think you are you. Don't think you are through because you're prepared here and prepared and got this kind of certificate and this kind of degree, brother. You, the bottom can fall out on you. Regardless, your company can go out of business. And by the time you find something else, right now, we got people with, with the highest degrees. I see two or three of them. You come by my house, one with a doctor's degree and one with a law degree. And now they walk around with, with almost with a minimum wage job. Simplicity now, not because of choice, but circumstances. Walking around asking, begging for sandwiches. Well, it might not strike home to you now, but it will. It'll come home to you. You remember these words. So you know what? It's going to be real hard on you. Do you know why? Do you know why? Let me tell you something. Do you know why so many people call doctors of working? Not everybody's in all that intense pain, but they realize that they will not be able to live that complex lifestyle, and they don't want to live like that. They're confined here, they're confined there, so I just rather be dead than to live simple. They have lived exotic lives. They've let their hair down, and they've had more than they needed and, and satisfied every whim, and now here they are, got to confine themselves, and it's more than they, they, they Change is too much for them. Some people just sit up and cry. I just got to live like this. And they see little hope of change. See, if you were living simple lives, that would be just another step. But now, you've got to make that kind of change. And there's no hope of returning to your former life. You like that. That's you. I never thought I'd be in this shape. I think people just hang there. Just hang there. And drop their head in despair. When they sense this now, the handwriting is on the wall. And there's little likelihood of any reversal back to their normal condition. It overwhelms them. I'm telling you, children. See, all the... That's all that the enemy wants to do is what? Get you in, 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 in something complex. Not that it's necessary, but there's something, that, there's something that's intriguing about involvement. People feel real, real important. They just, you know, they just real, real, real involved. See, it's not that they're doing it to survive. And, what it, and that this complexity is just wrapping them up. And now you, it's hard to make right decisions because you don't have time to think it through. It's hard to gain any, uh, any, any kind of spiritual strength what, because it, you don't get that on the run. You, you got to meditate. The word of God said, any law do I meditate day and night. You got to meditate to get something from God. And I can't say how long. That's why some people are just superficial. They never get down below the surface. What? You know what, dear one? Many times it's hard for you to receive a message. What? Because when I dig deep, then I got to try to simplify it for those who are living on the surface. I've had to struggle. I said, if I, if, I'm not sure they can perceive this. Well, that's what Jesus did. So you not, I got a lot of things to preach to you, but Jesus said, you ain't ready for it. You have been so involved that, and you have not gotten before God, and if I preach it to you, you couldn't, you couldn't get it. So I, now I got to give you the little rudimentary thing. I got to give you the elements. That's what Paul said, by the time you ought to be teaching, you still have need that people give you the first principle. Why? Involvement. They ought to be teaching by now. They should have, they should be able to comprehend with all the things everywhere. There should be nobody's experience they couldn't relate to. Should be that deep in the Lord. Should be that deep in the Spirit. When you relate some difficult experience, yeah, but I don't understand what you mean. I'm going through that. I can, I can tell you about it. You have a calamity, a calamity is knocking at your door. I know how to trust God. And, and, and I, I've had deadlines too. And I know what God will do. You should be able to relate to them. Here's an affliction that you've been plagued with uh, uh, 
indefinitely and, and seem like there's no end to it. He said, I know what it's all about. I know when the devil comes out to break your mind and try to crack your faith right down the middle. I understand it. I've been down there. I've been down into it. I've fathomed it. You should be able to relate to people. People have been around the church for years and cannot relate to certain situations. You cannot encourage nobody because you can't relate to it. You can't go into it because you don't perceive it. Then you just hope maybe then the pastor, well, the pastor because you can't, many times you can't send a committee because they can't relate to that. We're going to move on. I hope you can relate to what I'm saying. What did he say in, uh, what, what did I say, Matthew 3, 1? In those days came John in the those Baptist, days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness, in the wilderness of, Judea, of Judea and saying, and saying Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven. Now listen, listen, listen. Repentance, repentance is the fundamental principle of salvation. There is no salvation aside from repentance. Nobody, whether you believe it or not. Whatever your doctrine might be. Unless you repent, you can't be saved. Nobody. But do you know that people have complicated it so that about 99% of the people don't even know what repentance is? You know, listen to the radio programs and listen to all the preachers that come on. They teach that repentance is something that should be repeated daily. That's not repentance. And God does not forgive unless you repent. So you got to be right about it. And it's not complicated. But it's difficult. Why? Because when you repent, you've got to promise God that as long as I live by the grace of God, I'll never be guilty again. And you've got to meet it with everything within you. But that's not difficult as far as the perception is concerned. But yielding yourself to that extent and meaning it, Lord, as long as I live, I'll never be involved again by your help and grace. You get no forgiveness less than that. That's what repentance is all about. And that's why people make it complicated because they don't want to go that far. They want to say, God, forgive me and get the forgiveness, but they don't want to say, I'll never do it again, no more, nothing, ever, by the grace of God. So they say you can't do it. But then you're not preaching repentance. You are not preaching repentance any less than that God does not forgive any less than that. This idea of saying, forgive me every night when I go to bed, that's not repentance. Knowing you're going to do it again tomorrow or next time you're provoked. That's not repentance at all. And God does not hear that kind of foolishness. So repentance is simple. It's elementary. It's not difficult at all. The Bible says, even though a wayfaring man, even a fool should narrow therein. What? It's not that difficult. A wayfaring man can perceive it. But people complicate it because they don't want to do it. They want to find a way to get to heaven without it. They want to manufacture their own brand of repentance. And that's what they've done. And now the poor seekers don't even know what repentance is all about. They think it's something that you go to the priest every Sunday and say, I, I committed so many sins, or, or something that you get up when you're on your prayer on Sunday morning, wherever you go to church, and say, Lord, forgive us my many sins. That's supposed to be repentance. And the next time you pray, you do the same thing again, and over and over and over and over and over, and, that, and endlessly. So, it's salvation, Bible salvation, is not complicated at all. But the demands are so great, people just don't want to submit to it. And let me drop a, a little note of warning to many of you. Being sanctified is not that difficult. I'm appalled. I said, maybe I'm not teaching it right, because... Uh, 
only about one one tenth of the people having assurance at all of that they're sanctified. And many that claim this are wondering. Is it because it's so complex? Definitely not. The demands are clearly laid out in Romans 12, 1. But who is willing to do that? Trying to find a way around it. Find a shortcut, a bargain counter in the Holy Ghost. But there is no bargain counter in the Holy Ghost. There is no bargain counter. You can manifest whatever you want to. You can be any kind of emotion. You can manifest any kind of gift. That's not the Holy Ghost. It's a substitute. And it's making it complex. And it's deceptive. No man can do this and believe God without being sanctified. Read. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by I the mercies beg you, of God, therefore, brethren, by the mercies, by the mercies of, God, of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. Now, listen, that's not complex, but it, 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 it's difficult what? because of your worldly mind, your fleshy mind, to give up your body and just give it up altogether and take your hands off of it and let go and let God. Your fleshy mind won't allow it. Not because it's so difficult, never because it's so hard to understand, not because it's complex, but because people just don't want to do that. They want to reserve some of themselves for themselves. That's why people can't stop getting mad. They want to reserve the right to get mad. They won't give up the right. They think they got a right to do it when they get provoked. And, and you'll be getting mad until you die. You'll be flying off the handle until you die. Not that it's that difficult to get rid of it. Just put your body as a living sacrifice and let God have all there is of you. And then he'll exchange yourself for his spirit and fill you with it. Nothing short of that, but, it's not, but that, that's what it is. Now the complication comes, you trying to get your mind set to do what God said. And do it God's way. That's where the complication comes in. Not because it's so hard to understand. You know what a sacrifice is all about. A sacrifice, they killed him and put him on the altar, and he had nothing to say about it whatsoever. The sacrifice was there just to serve a purpose. And when God saved you and sanctified you, you just had to serve a purpose. Not to go and live in your life. Not keeping your life in reserve and doing what you want to do and act like you want to act and go where you want to go and, and having the kind of attitude you want to have. Don't make it complex. Don't make it difficult because it's not. It might be difficult to go against this world of tide to give up in a time like this when hardly anybody else is doing it. The Bible says, what is it, Acts 5, 28? That's an incidental. Let me see if that is 28 or maybe 30. Let me, let me find it right quick. I believe that's it. What do you want? Five people are giving the Holy Ghost to them that obey him. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so we are, what verse are you reading? 32. 32, read it. And we are his witnesses of these things. We are his witness of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost. And so also, also is the Holy Ghost. Whom God hath given to them that obey him. Whom God hath given to them that obey him. You cannot obey God consistently without receiving the Holy Ghost. That's not complicated. That's not difficult. That's not ambiguous. But you come to a point where it's difficult and you don't want to do this and you do it your way. You're not obeying God. And you just remain in your same old carnal rut. Yes, you have, you, you're afraid to testify to the Holy Ghost. Why? Because you've not obeyed God perfectly and, and, you, figure, and you feel hypocritical if you did it, in most cases. You can't you can serve God part-time and be given the Holy Ghost. That's the deception of this, these movements, all these movements. What? They want to keep their own attitudes and their own ways and, and claim the Holy Ghost. Well, that's a far, that's, that's, that's blasphemous. He gave the Holy Ghost to them that obey him. If you obey God step by step, you'll walk right on into the back room. We know that's a necessary thing, but not nearly as necessary as many of us are making it. We're not going to stop spending because we don't give all our time to it. Go on. 
Until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Until the day that Noah entered into the ark, they didn't never stop. And the flood came and destroyed them all. Give me verse 32. Remember Lot's wife. Remember, remember Lot's wife. Do you know why this woman was lost and turned into a dead pill of salt? What? Because of her involvement. She was living a complex life. Had too many things to deal with. And she loved them with a criminal affection. She just could not just divest. She couldn't drop them. She could not drop them like a hot potato, even though the angel said do it. And the same thing today, that's why people can't get sanctified. You tell them you got to give up life. They can't drop it. And it cost her a life and a soul. You don't have an option when God say do it. You don't have an option. You do it or you're lost. You do it or else. She loved the things of this life with a criminal affection. Oh, she'd get up and testimony and say, no, these ain't no matter to me. You can say that all you want to. Try to ask, ask, ask you to give it up. We'll see how much it matters to you. If it doesn't matter, why don't you give it up and, and, and take away the, 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 the confusion? No, you love them with a criminal affection. They're going to destroy your soul. That's all there is to it. Anything that doesn't matter to me, I don't have any trouble dropping it. I don't care how much I, don't care how much I like it and what the case is. If, it, if I'm not that tied up into it and it's going to cause any problem, I'll drop it. That shows how much I'm, I'm, I'm wrapped up in it. That shows how much it has woven its way into my affection. To prove it when those people on the day of Pentecost received the Holy Ghost, they divested themselves of this life, put themselves on the altar. And when the apostles said, give up, they did it without a question. I don't care what it was. They were willing to pay the supreme sacrifice, even their lives, their property, their money, whatever they had. There was no issue. In the New Testament, giving goes beyond tithing children. You think you can just give a little tenty and go and, and let your hair down. You go beyond that. There might come a time the saints might have to call for everything you've got. For in the best interest of the saints of God. Then you will see how loose you're wearing your garments. My God, people are so far from this experience. It's, 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 it's saddening. It's, it's frightening. They're so far from this experience. How do you know? I know they would do that because they're, they're, too, they're, they're too intent on succeeding in life. They're, they're, they're investing too much to try to enjoy life. And you're certainly not going to give up something that you, you contribute that much to. Simplicity. They won't let me tell you something. Do you know why many times multimillionaires give up those lucrative businesses? It's too complex. I don't people get promoted to foreman, making big money more than their equals. I don't want it anymore. It's too complex. It's demanding too much of me. When I go home, I got to be thinking about tomorrow's project, and, and I got to be thinking about the men and, and getting it. Just let me work it out and go home. People are giving up lucrative positions, gotten promotions, and wouldn't even keep giving them back. But it's too complex. I can't meditate. It's demanding my thinking, my affection, my involvement. Church is becoming secondary. I can. I am more zealous about this than I am my service, the service of God. I do more to prepare myself for this than I do to be spiritual in the service. It's too complex. I can't. I'm sorry. Simplicity. Many of you could live, could be far more spiritual, could live a far more relaxed life, and probably even add years to your life, and certainly help your health if you would scale down. If you would scale down. But I'm afraid you've gotten lost in the shuffle. You're you are in the you're in the path of the vacuum. 
and now to try to scale down, too many things will be hurled at you. It, it's a, you got yourself in a trap. I'd rather start all over. God knows I would. I'd rather start from scratch than to miss running and destroy my life and finally my soul trying to keep up with this with a complex situation and always trying to pull deals and make this work and make that work and before I get out of this I'm into something else. And after a while you're gonna you're gonna feel something snap in your head. And everything will take on a different meaning. You, you your surroundings will become will become difficult. But too many things. Too complex. And it, life does not demand that kind of complexity to exist. But you would just be they're not like a sore thumb now if you decided to live a simple life. And I'm afraid many have gotten so involved they wouldn't even know how to go about it. But here's the situation. People know that this kind of complexity have gotten them in a mess and they're still going diving further up into it. For what? Trying to make it simple. Isn't that pitiful? Trying to simplify life by jumping into more. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. You might miss this lesson tonight, children, but I thank the Lord that I made this decision some time ago when I saw what the enemy was doing to this society, this church world, and even the ministry. I said they've lost power, they've lost their vision, they've lost their thrust, they've lost their aim. One time souls and deliverance was that primary concern, but now it's trying to make ends meet. What? Because complexity. There was a time I remember years ago when the men wanted to get they won't get free of everything so they can give all that time, that concentration to bring the glory back to the church. But now they're going to ease them back off into all this stuff and their minds are divided, their affection is divided, their time is taken. Trying to maintain this complex way of living. And it has sucked them dry, absolutely dry, nothing akin to the power and glory of God. Now they're looking for substitutes. I can prove it to you. I can prove it to you. You take you a couple of days and draw away from this world altogether, unmolested, and just concentrate on things of the spirit. It will almost revolutionize your life. I mean, just totally abandon the concerns of life. Well, maybe it might be difficult now because you've gotten yourself in such a mess. But then I don't know, I, I can't hold too much hope for you. Because you're not going to be able to deal with the enemy. Listen, listen, let me, I'm going to give you a preview here. I'm going to say this for a message, but I'm going to show you something. Now, I'm trusting God I can get something in you, over to you before you go home tonight because this, some of you got to rearrange, to go to heaven, some of you got to rearrange your lives altogether. Now, you might not want to pay that price. Let me show you something. Son, just come hold this for a moment. For me, just hold it. You got to put it up. Don't put it up. I'm going to be alone. Just hold it up. Couple of you, come here. Let me, let me show you something, children. I'm going to show you where many don't have a chance. Let me show you something. Now, if you don't understand it by now, maybe you never will. Listen. You see Obeah above here? He is the dispatcher of spirits. He sits at the control. You understand? And he has a whole brigade, according to the Bible, a whole, he has legions of spirits that are dispatched. Satan is not uh, omnipresent. He is not everywhere. But you got spirits all over. He goes to and fro in the world, but he's not everywhere. He's not omnipresent. He's not God. He's not omniscient. He don't know everything. Well, how does he know the way? Because you all tell him. 
to talk so much. We know that's why you listen. Listen. So what? Listen. The Bible says it comes from nothing but to steal, kill, and destroy. Now let me show you something. Let me show you something. I'm gonna show you what the devil gonna destroy. Has destroyed the world and will destroy most of you for those young careful. He's there, and he is observing you every moment. The Bible says he walks to and fro. That's all he does. That's all he does. And he is intensifying it in this last age. So what does he do? Listen to me now. As soon as you drop your guard, he dispatches a spirit. As soon as the issue arises between you and your companion, zip! Madness gets bitter. Just that quick. As soon as you get over relaxed and get full and your eyes will become wanting and you will start staring passionately. You know just when to do it. You watch all the time, just watching for you to make a blunder. Just watching for you to kind of get overwhelmed with your concerns and, and get your head worried. And then you what going to do? Let your wife come nagging. Will you please leave me? See, you got pressure on you. And you're going to overreact. You got too much on you. You're too complex. You got too much on you. So what are you going to do? He's going to dispatch a spirit as soon as there's an opening. All the time. That's how he gets you. Sometimes he might have followed you on for five years and get an opening. Just waiting. Just waiting. And finally he finds something that will open you up. He finds something that will expose you. Maybe a vacation. Maybe get a little extra money and want to go to the Bahamas. Maybe that's maybe go to the Bahamas. That's a, that's a once in a lifetime deal. Maybe that. And you come back different. You know you got that kind of spirit. You got a mind to wonder. So he waits until you get in that and begin to just, and then just shoot a dart right through your liver. That's what the Bible says. Watch and pray always. All the time. You, and that's not a, why? Because the devil is there all the time. That's all he's doing. You make your commitment, make your testimony, but you're waiting for a moment to take it away from you. To rob you of your commitment. Get your mind blank for a while, and you'll fill it with something. All the time. That's all he's doing, just standing there, waiting. Waiting. See, and most people are not going to obey God. They're not going to watch and pray always. Every step I take, every move I make. Wait a minute. I can't do this because this might involve me too much. No, I, I can't take this job because it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to take too much of my, my concentration, too much of my time, and there'll be too many things to offset me. I can't take I, I, I see it. You can't see if you don't watch. You can't see the snares ahead and the curves in the road if you don't watch. And all you have to do is just look off for a moment. You find a person in the hospital with that, nothing but the eyes out, both legs and heads, fingers, whatever. Uh, I didn't see it. You weren't watching. Listen, if you were watching, you know your hub, you know your wife. You know, the colonel anyway, when they come home, they're going to be fussing about something. So you start praying, Lord, what will it be today? And you both of you said, so you get ready for it, see? Instead of running, eating, and jumping, and eating before mealtime because you half hungry, you get before God, Lord, fix me. I can sense something coming. And I just about know where it's coming from. I put God assured to you, if you're watching, Lord, I can sense a temptation in the making. I can see it. I can see the dust way over there, and that indicates there's a temptation in the making, and you'll get before God, maybe you'll go on a fast. Lord, that thing will shake my very foundation if I'm not careful. I can see it. I can sense it! And you'll be, when it comes, you'll be ready for it. I told you about this lady in Chicago some years ago, stay before God so intently. And they were going on a holiday out to St. Word, going to a picnic and whatnot, and they were a little ball playing. But the Lord showed her, you stay before me. You have time for no folly here. Because something coming. And so they went out there, she said, well, hey, come on, sister, son, she said, no, I, I, I sit in the car. And while she's sitting there, so they came up and smacked her, and she said, that was it, Lord. 
said, I, I would have risen up. I would have truly got retaliatory if I hadn't been before God, but God showed me. I was watching and God showed me, and don't get, don't get involved. Don't get involved in no light activity because you need this grace. That's how you end up sometimes right in the middle of something before you even aware what you're doing. What, you were not watching. God would have showed you before you got there. God, don't go in there. You, there's a temptation where you're going to get yourself in and you won't, come, you won't come out alive. God will show it to you. That's a trap. That's a trap. So no, that's a trap. I wish I had my picture. I got it in the drawer. You know, this beautiful, sweet, unassuming young lady, and she moved that face and that was a skeleton. Oh, don't, no, don't, don't miss it. That's a, that, that's, that's a skeleton. Look below, she's beautiful, and look at her eyes. Those are not eyes, those are holes. <laughs> wind it up, son, wind it up. I'm going to tell you, children, most of you, most of you, most of you that I know, I've known you when you were living simple lives, and I've known you when you were living complex lives, and I know when you're at your best. Old brother told me when I first got saved, he said, uh, Brother Frank, he was telling me about the Depression time back in 1931, 32. He said, that's the most spiritual phase that the church has ever gone through. Say we were just praying and going from house to house and the prayer service and whatnot, you know, and couldn't make no bills because we couldn't get no credit. And then the pay was, couldn't pay the one we had. And the things were close together, the people getting healed, people getting delivered. What? Living simple lives. Eat your little cornmeal mush and little soup and go about your business. And I don't know a lot of roast and all this kind of stuff. See, that's the best period the church has ever gone through. That's the most productive period. But many people are willing to exchange the glory of God to with all of this fleshy involvement which is going to drown them eventually in perdition. Well, We've talked about it, so now, what are we going to do about it? Shall we stand? You know, I don't think most people know when they are living in complex life because it's so commonplace. It's so commonplace. It is so commonplace. Yeah, well, but let me expose them one more time. See, this is what will happen to you. This is what then will do. You're involve us in a complex life and we'll we know we can't give up our spirituality we can't give up our spiritual activities so we just work us to death you'll try to live your complex life and keep up your spirituality and that'll be too much for you then you'll find yourself just laid up somewhere out of it altogether because you too many things to deal with i preached that one time see you're not going to quit coming to church you know you won't do that but you're going to try to come to church along with the other stuff, and that'll be too much for you. You, see, you are imposing on yourself. It's unfair to do your body and your mind like that. Your mind have no rest, your body have no rest. You work yourself to death, you want to, yes, you want to study the Bible, but you're going to be sitting up there going to sleep, and, and your poor body want to go to sleep, and you're depriving it of its needful and necessary rest. And in many instances, there's not too much, there's too much hope of change in sight. That's the issue. You're not yelling down. Building new bonds and new loans and, and other bills. You'll be appalled to know the counsels that I have within and without. People have been in up to that neck going to despair and going right, jumping back into it as fast as they can. As fast as they can. I said, Lord, I can't understand it. Maybe maybe that's, maybe just like the lady whose husband used to beat all the time. She said, I can't live with a man if you don't whip me. She's so used to getting whipped that she gets, that's part of it. 
some people can't live unless they're in a mess. They just, that's their lifestyle, just been a mess all the time and borrowing and trying to pay a bill and, and doing this and missing this and paying that one and, and buying half groceries. They, they live like that. I guess they've become accustomed. Well, you know your own situation, so we're not going to pull on this. We've come to a crossroads, however. And many times, our young married couples start off like that, and, the, and their marriages don't last at all. Why? They start off complex, and there's too much pressure on them. And they're trying to deal with the adjustments, and deal with the this and the do's and don'ts, and satisfy one another, and with all this complex stuff, and it's too much for you. And then you'll take your frustration out on one another.